mobile coin is Signal's anonymous peer-to-peer payment mechanism that they're experimenting with. Financial Times out with an article criticizing it, just pointing out the flack they're likely to get from from regulators. It was interesting the the things that they drew comparisons signal with other projects like Telegram and others. They didn't really hold muster in my view because Telegram is a messaging app. They were going to launch a huge cryptocurrency several years ago, but canceled due to SEC scrutiny. It had nothing to do with anonymous payments and the like. I think that was just, hey, you're going to launch a billion-dollar project, which they were going to raise like a billion dollars, if I remember right. And that's clearly questionable in terms of security laws if you're not going to register that. So they, they were just getting questioned by the SEC, Telegram, and they, they ended up canceling that that project. And then this other this other stuff that they talk about is it's just kind of funny, like Meta, the Facebook folks, obviously the project has received a ton of regulator pushback, but that doesn't mean anything really for, for Signal. If criticism here is that it's an, an anonymous system and the Signal folks are trying to use this coin called MobileCoin, which I've actually never heard of before. So I did a little looking into it. It's apparently... It's using Stellar for the consensus mechanism, which is similar to the Ripple me- mechanism as well. So they're, they're notaries and validators, it's very centralized. And then Monero for privacy. So they're apparently borrowing from these two different projects, which Monero is definitely a, a gold standard of privacy in, in the space. And I, I've just been some, spent some time reading about it because it it's potentially really interesting. Um, this coin's only on one or two exchanges. It's not really easy to get, but this, this group they raised back in 2017 when they were founded in May 2018, they raised $30 million from Binance. And then in 2021, they raised 12 million. And then later the year they, they raised another 66. So, They've raised a ton of money, and I mean, I've still just never heard of it. So I don't know, um, Jake. Mm-hmm. Did you have a chance to read this? I did. Uh, it's interesting that they raised all that money. I don't know what this line in the article is. Commercial growth is not a priority. I don't know if that's a stated objective or lack of one from the company. But uh, so I, I don't know if they're just trying to focus on getting this technology acceptable and just focusing on making it work, making sure it's going to get past regulators and then they'll scale up and try to make it profitable. But um, I didn't really understand how any company would say that our commercial growth is not a priority. That was, that was a weird line. Yeah. I think that statement is more about the company. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because Signal, Signal has been out there in the past talking about they're not focused on monetizing. And if I remember right, they were about to shut down the, the app because they were just losing all this money. And right. then one of the WhatsApp guys wrote them a check and like donated it to them. I'm not sure exactly what the terms of that were like or why they would do that. But I mean, the, the WhatsApp guys made a ton of money when they sold the Facebook 
And I think they, they probably feel a little guilty about that mm-hmm. transaction because Facebook is now just, of course, scraping all the data and they're about to launch ads in that platform soon. But the, the signal folks, they, they haven't charged any money for the app and they also haven't been, from what I understand, scraping the data. So well, that, I'm, as you know, go ahead. I was going to say that this is a really interesting case study because it kind of goes back to a conversation you and I have been having while we read that that book we've been talking about, which is if Signal is going to rely really just on user donations, they're not going to sell your data and they're going to try to build just as good of a product, which gets subsidized from these other major tech companies with the selling of data. I guess this is kind of put your money where your mouth is, people. If you're dissatisfied with the way that your data is being used, here's a legitimate alternative for payments and messaging. And we're not even going to charge you either. All you have to do is pay if you think it's a fair deal. Um, If it survives, then yeah, I guess people are willing to pay without being compelled for a great product that fits their desires. If not, then maybe people don't really are really willing to put their money into a messaging service. Maybe they are willing to be like, you know what, whatever you want to sell my data. I guess I don't care that much as long as it's free. So kind of an interesting case study from that angle. Yeah. I wanted to just add really quickly is comparing signal to other encrypted apps. So as involved with the alter messaging system, which is trying to achieve some similar things as signal, but the, the key difference is that with signal, your private key never leaves your phone and if that private key is somehow compromised or let's say somebody hacks or seizes your phone that potentially leaves all those messages vulnerable to decryption. The difference with alter is that the user actually has control of the private key and can reset it, which would then prevent anyone from, from viewing the, the messages tied to the the first private key. So there's Mm -hmm. some things that, that we're trying to do to innovate on, on the signal, uh, approach and obviously i just had to plug that real quick since we're talking about yeah. signal but no, I love yeah, signal's, yeah yeah signal's done a lot to to try to evangelize privacy and whatnot but um so i definitely tip my hat to them so jake i know you have an article too yeah uh so yigzamash my friend uh we're talking about kazakhstan which has been in the news because of a wave of protests that have been riling the western side of the country for the first two weeks of the year but I want to dial it back because last year, uh, Kazakhstan actually became the third largest Bitcoin mining country due to China's ban in May of last year, which led to 88,000 machines migrating to Kazakhstan. Uh, the benefits are cold climate, which cools these machines, plenty of warehouses in Kazakhstan, and up until recently, dirt cheap energy. And that leads us to what has really caused this uprising and that's uh, the lifting of uh, energy caps, energy price caps. So there used to be a cap on how much people would pay for their energy costs in a very energy-rich country like Kazakhstan because having a price cap was not sustainable according to the communistic and oligarchic powers that be. Uh, Prices for energy were pretty much going to double. And while there's a lot of uh, other economic and political tensions that I think this agitated, which led to a lot of these protests. This isn't really just 
energy prices. Uh, this is specifically going to affect those 88,000 plus machines that are now in Kazakhstan. And it already has. We saw the unrest lead to a 12% drop in the hash rate of Bitcoin because the internet was being cut off. Uh, there, the, the, there was a, uh, mul- there were thousands of troops that came in from this multi-party, this multi-country collective, uh, the Security Defense Force. And uh, yeah, there was a, there's a cost-benefit analysis here, which is really the only thing that the miners care about. But um, right now, they're in a position where they have to decide whether they want to stay put and wait through the uprising and violence and deal with these long-term pressures or migrate to another country like Russia or the West. So what do you think? The concept of the, the, the energy conservation and the, the quote was in the article that they had estimated that the, the mining was taking up 8% of the country's energy capacity yeah. and that it was causing blackouts and power cuts. So I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, countries should definitely be welcoming the crypto community because it, it can bring a lot of innovation and a lot of monetization, I think. I mean, if they could somehow think of a way to monetize off of all that that, mm-hmm. that audience. But if it's actually true, if that's actually causing that significant of disruption, because they also point out in the article that the infrastructure is is not quite latest and greatest over there with the power infrastructure so this is this is an important point that the energy consumption of of these huge projects like bitcoin any proof of works network any proof of work network um it's it's really demanding so if this is going to be the future decentralized future then we definitely need to see some resilience in the network I don't think Bitcoin's have has had an issue, really, uh, handling these different disruptions despite the changes in the hash rate. Mm-hmm. But so far, it's it's holding up. Um, but it does yeah. make me a little bit nervous, I suppose, for for some of the smaller networks. If this stuff were to happen, um, a lot of proof of stake networks, for example, I think people are just running cloud n- nodes on things like AWS and. Microsoft Azure and the like. So, I mean, still really centralized despite what we might think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was kind of encouraging from this proof of work angle to see the China shutdown and now this Kazakhstan unrest because it goes to show just how mobile these miners can be. Um, and yet at the same time, there is a limit to that. The, I think if you let any miner just set up shop and you told this individual, you can have as many machines as you want. We'll get you space, yada, yada, yada. We'll take care of all the delays. Just tell us where is your ideal place to set up. I don't think it's Kazakhstan. I think it's probably somewhere like the United States, somewhere where the energy infrastructure is solid, where you don't really have to worry about invasion like this. But in order to get here, which some people, the story said, have, some of these miners already have picked up shop and moved uh, some of them to the West. Uh, it is extremely expensive to ship that. Um, you have to completely convert the transformers. There's like a uh, energy engineering component 
here and those transformers on like a year delay. Uh, and then you layer on taxes, which add up to almost 40% between export and imports. So yeah, there, there is some evidence that there's a robustness here. Like, uh, so when China kicks 70% of the hash rate out, it has found a new home. We've recovered since then, but moving halfway around the world is still, there's still a lot of these regular old problems like taxes and shipping containers and stuff that like, there's a limit to just how robust this network is right now. But yeah, absolutely. And those taxes, I mean, I was recently looking into ordering helium nodes in, in other countries and then shipping them over here. And I forgot that you have value at whatever the VAT tax. So you have to actually pay a solid chunk of change if you're if you're shipping from one country to the next. I, I had totally forgotten about that and it totally messes up the economics. So this is just to your point, it's expensive to relocate hardware, especially when it's huge server equipment. Then you have these transform like all the conversion of the power plugins and everything. It's it's a lot of work, but People have seemed to have been doing it, to your point. So it'll be something to watch for sure. Yeah, I guess my big takeaway is you can be as decentralized as you want, but part of this network exists still in the real world. And these centralized entities can really (laughs) screw with it, whether they screw with you or whether they're still messing with each other and you catch catch a stray bullet like this. It's, um, yeah, yeah, decentralization is always going to have some centralization uh, effects. So... I agree. Well, hey, this is great. We will probably be on tomorrow. So thanks for making time today, man. Yeah, thanks, bud.